This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. Diving stop, Seager. Toss on up the first. In time to get seven. Three-run homer. Robinson can off the lefty specialist, Fernando Abad. And the Mariners lead it five to four. Goodbye, baseball. Straight away, center field. Cano and Cruz go back to back. And the king, when the Mariners needed him the most, two hits over seven. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. And you got to love this one. The Mariners get the win 10-4 over the Rockies. They take these two games in Colorado. Now return home for a nice, long 11-game homestand. The first two against Colorado. We'll talk about that coming up more. This road trip, the Mariners started 1-4 on the trip. They've now won three in a row. A 4-4 trip. That's awfully impressive. Last three games now, including tonight, the Mariners batting 381 as a team. They've pounded out 45 hits. They've scored 21 runs, 11 walks. That's impressive, especially considering the eight games before that, they had just 46 hits, almost as many hits in the last three. They batted 185 and scored nine runs. It has been a massive turnaround offensively. and The pitching has been just fine as well as the Mariners have won three games in a row. We'll talk about Miranda coming up as well. Can't wait to hear what Ryan Roland-Smith has to say about Miranda, who has been outstanding, especially his last four starts. We'll talk all about that coming up. But let's dive through the highlights of this one. Mariners and Rockies both off the board in the first inning, a nothing-nothing game heading into the second. Then the Mariners would get to the Oregon Duck on the mound. Nelson Cruz would walk, and then Kyle Seeger would go yard and did it in a big way. The 2-1 pitch, swinging a drive deep into the gap in right center field. This is going and going. Goodbye baseball. Kyle Seeger with his fifth home run of the season. It comes with Nelson Cruz aboard. It's the Mariners 2 and the Rockies nothing here in the top half of the second. What a shot by Kyle Seeger and his first home run off a left-handed pitcher this year. Something he's known for, lefty on lefty home runs. He hits one right there. Mariners not done in the inning as well. The pitch on the way to Mike. Swinging a ground ball. Hit hard. Pass to diving Arenado at third and down the left field line and toward the corner. Heredia to third base. He's going to be waved in. The ball gets away from Desmond. Heredia is going to score. And it's second. Mike Zunino with an RBI double. And the Mariners have a 3-0 lead here in the top of inning number two. Mike Zunino's bat is heating up here in the Mile High City. Anytime you can scorch one past Arenado at third base, you've hit it hard. That guy is a vacuum. Four gold gloves in his career already. Zanino scorches it by him. The Mariners a three spot in the second inning, off and running, a 3 nothing lead. Back to work in the third as well. Cano, a leadoff hit. Gamble, who came in for Nelson Cruz, will get an update as well on Nelson Cruz. He left the game with right calf tightness, started as the right fielder. 
He walked in the second, came around to score on the home run. So Gamble hits a double. Couple of guys on, then Kyle Seeger comes up big again. The pitch swung on, driven to right field. That's going to get down again. One hop to the fence, scoring is Cano. Gamble flying. He's coming around. He's going to score. And in with a two run double is Kyle Seeger. And the Mariners have a 5 nothing lead here in Colorado in the third inning. And by the third, Kyle Seeger was two for two with four RBIs, a home run, two runs scored, and a double. He was off to a fine start. And so were the Mariners. Pitch. Swung on. Hit hard. Up the middle. Base hit. Center field. Seager touching third. He's going to score. And it's 6-0 Mariners. Four consecutive Seattle hits here in the third inning. As Heredia picks up his ninth RBI. And Tyler Anderson hearing it from the Denver fans. 6 nothing lead for the Mariners. Although, after all, it is Coors Field. And even a 6 nothing lead is not exactly a comfortable feeling where anything can happen at Coors. Miranda, though, was rolling. He kept the Rockies off the board in the first four innings. They would get to him in the fifth. The 0-1 to LeMahieu. Swing and a looper into shallow right field. That's going to drop in for a base hit. Here comes Gonzalez on the score. Valaika running third. He'll score up. The ball is Gamble. The throw to second. Cut off by Cano. LeMahieu with a single. Two runs batted in. The Mariners get right back to work, and they take one back with one big swing. 1-1 pitch. Robbie breaking ball. Set to deep right center field. Cargo watches it. Get out of here. Home run. Robinson Cano. Robbie with his 10th. RBI number 34, and the lead goes to 7-2 Seattle. And the Mariners kept doing what you need to do at cores, and that is playing add-on as they tried to put this one away in the ninth. The 1-2 to Dyson, swinging a ground ball through the left side of the infield for a base hit. Here comes Gamble on to score. Seager running third, heading home. The throw to the plate by Desmond is cut off by the third baseman, Arenado. Two runs are in. Gerard Dyson with a base hit to left field. And the Mariners now lead the Rockies 9-3. to Three runs in the second, three runs in the third, one in the seventh, three more in the ninth, ten runs on 19 hits for the Mariners. Colorado, four runs on seven hits. The M's win 10-4 over the Rockies. Big days all the way around. How about four hits for Segura at the top of the order? He's now back to being the leading hitter in the American League, batting 345. Cano, two for five. He scores twice, had the home run. Gamble off the bench ties a Mariners record. He had three hits in the ballgame. He goes three for four with two runs. That ties for the most hits off the bench in a game for the Mariners. Kyle Seeger had three hits, drives in four. Heredia had three hits, scored a couple of runs. Zanino had two. Dyson had one as well, a couple of RBIs. Uh, just a big day all the way around. Motter off the bench with a base hit, drove in a run. So 10 runs on the board, 19 hits. Miranda the win, five innings, two earned runs, and the bullpen closes it down the rest of the way. 10-4, to four, M's get the win. Mariners beat the Rockies 10 to 4. They've won 3 in a row now coming home to face Colorado. Long 11 game homestand spending a ton of time at home in the month of June as we get to welcome in Ryan Roland Smith and Ryan there is a ton to like about this game. So many places we can go, but let's start with the offense. 21 runs now in the past 3 games. They had it really cooking tonight. Yeah, they did and against a guy in Anderson who's been putting together these really good, solid outings these last couple times out. So they got to him early, and it's amazing, Gary. When you see the offense 
kicking the gear early on in the game, it just sets the tone. And, you know, I mean, look, they've been on the receiving end of that, this road trip, no doubt about it. But today was so good to get those early runs. Uh, Ariel Miranda had a chance to settle in. And so much like, I mean, last three games, they have just been on fire. This has to be the toughest road trip. And they come oh. out of it four and four. I mean, that is just so good to see. Oh, that's the impressive part. I mean, when you looked at this on paper, Washington, Boston, Colorado. I mean, the top two scoring yeah. teams in the month of May were Boston and Colorado. These three teams can all hit. They can all score. They can pitch coming out of it with the injuries at 4-4. Four and four, I mean, even without injuries, this trip 4-4 four and four would have been impressive. And they have to finish off in a place like Colorado yeah. where they go 2-0. and And I've got to say, I was holding my breath. I had a 7-2 lead. That's like that's a clinging lead right there when you're talking <laughs> about Colorado. And, you know, they just had those last six outs to get. And, again, you know, just the role players on this team. You see Ben Gamble come in, didn't even start this game, comes in and just is on fire, just doing so many good things. And Gerard Dyson, that at bat, to get those last couple runs in that inning, he was facing elevated 97, put the ball in play, you're not going to double him up, and he's able to squeeze one through the hole and just add on, because a place like Denver, you have to add on. You yes. just have to keep doing that. And there's so many good things in this offense, but for me, the key was Kyle Seager getting the, uh, the the early home run. That rattled Anderson. You could see his command just get erratic, and they jumped all over those two mistakes off Anderson. No, no doubt about it. And You mentioned Gamble coming in. Let's head to Colorado and hear from the skipper hopefully get an update on Nelson Cruz. Stuff happened in that game. <laughs> yeah, they all. <laughs> uh, but turnaround from where you guys were in Boston. They started this trip one and four. That'd be four and four and rolling like this. And what does it say about your club? Well, really, you know, our, our, our position players, our offensive guys, got it going. You know, the quality of our bats, squaring balls up. It, you know, it helps coming into Coors Field and, and guys kind of, you know, just relaxing, having good at bats. I thought our our pitching really hung in there. Uh, I was really happy. You know. Miranda kind of ran out of gas, like literally ran out of gas. Uh, he, understanding the, the altitude here, he busted his butt down the line on a ground ball. Then he flies out. He's almost standing at second base. He can really run. Unfortunately, not the greatest idea for pitchers all the time. And, uh, yeah, it took a lot, of, a lot of gas out of his tank. But Casey Lawrence did a great job uh, getting the deeper in the game. And there's never uh, a safe lead in this ballpark. But our, our guys did a good job. Offense did a good job just adding on tonight, which is great to see. That's crazy. Uh, Cruz, he got calf tightness. Uh, he should be fine tomorrow. He, you know, again, um, I trust Cruzy, and he knows his value to the club. And he came up, you know, after the second inning. I think when Robbie hit the uh, Seager hit the home run, uh, he took off hard, running right away, and he felt it. He said, "Hey, Skip, I don't want to do anything stupid." I said, "Sounds good. We'll get Ben Gamble in there, and he'll get his three hits." And I wish I, <laughs> I wish I would have said that. Uh, but uh, Benny did a great job as well, filling in there. But Cruzy should be fine. Hey, talk, speaking about Ben. What they tell me the play play? Um, yeah, you know, there's a new rule put in a couple years ago. That catchers are not allowed to block the plate if they don't have the ball. Um, clearly, in my opinion, he did not have the ball, stuck his leg out, and kind of deflected Gamble's arm away from the plate. So in my mind, it was a no-brainer. Uh, he did not give him a lane to, to, to run in. Um, you know, after they change a call, oftentimes they will not – they don't give you an explanation. That's just what it is. Uh, Try to talk to him a little bit after the game, and he really didn't have a clear explanation either. You know, the, the call was made in New York, um, and that one shocked me. I thought when uh, that, that was that was why the rule was designed. You know, to and otherwise, otherwise, you know, Ben Gamble should just plow into the catcher and light him up. Uh, but that was you know, the rule was put in place so that didn't happen. But you know, we got to get some clarification on that. 
you mentioned the offense relaxed a little bit. Was that just a product of the win? Just a couple. I think so. Yeah. More? No, I think you know when you win a couple ball games, people start feeling better about themselves, and not just our team, but all teams. You know, they kind of get caught up in the momentum. You start feeling better coming to the ballpark. You know, and you start getting that feeling like we're going to win tonight. We're going to score runs, tonight. and we certainly didn't have that feeling for about a seven or eight game stretch. There it was really struggle. So nice to see our guys come out of it, um, feeling good about themselves, and get to go home for an extended home trip, and hopefully keep it going there. Scott, they didn't implode either. I mean, there was a lot going wrong, and they, you know, they, they kind of just hung together. That's got to be good for you to see. Isn't it? it is, yeah, it is. Uh, you know, driven by uh, I think our, our veteran group, um, those guys understanding that. You know, they drive the train, I often say it, and, and they've got to lead by example and, and their voice and, and myself as well. You know, you try to be calm, and, and there does come a point you can only take it for so long. And I said the other night in Boston, I thought we hit rock bottom. Um, I certainly believe that, and we've turned it around since. What can you say about Seeger's impact the last couple games in this series? Kyle's been awesome. Uh, really swung the bat, you know, with authority. Uh, you know, he probably could have had, like, four or five home runs on this road trip. Um, today he finally got one over the fence, but uh, uh, you know, starting to come, starting to heat up, and when he gets hot, it's usually they come in bunches. So, um, just really good at bats you know, against the lefty tonight was, was really good as well. That defense has been a lot better too. He made a lot of plays on this during the stretch of the one game. Yeah, Segura's made a lot of really good plays up the middle, and, and uh, I think the thing that goes unnoticed, overlooked at times, is what Danny Valencia has done at first base, um, picking throws in the dirt. We saw earlier in the year his ability to throw and start double plays. Today makes a couple plays nice behind the bag. It's really valuable. You think that the first base, I oh, will just put the guy over there can hit. Not so much. You know, you got to be able to pick it and do some other things. And Danny's done a really nice job. Guess had 19 hits, 11 off Anderson. You guys got off to a real hot start there. Yeah, we did. We saw the ball good off him. Um, hopefully, it continues when we get back home. Okay, let's get back to Miranda. So, a lot of good things to take away. Um, and I'll get to the fifth inning in a second. For me, his command, he's not going to be a command guy. Mm-hmm. He's not a guy that um, is going to just start dotting up left and right. He's effectively wild. And you see that from the bad swings. When you've got an offense like this in the middle of that lineup getting those bad swings and you can hold them at bay, that's a, that's a great sign. The one little wrinkle here for me is that fifth inning. I, we've seen it you know, constantly. I know Scott Service mentioned that he probably gassed himself by you know, trying to be here on diving to second base <laughs> right. or whatever, whatever he was trying to do. But <laughs> <laughs> we've seen this pattern. You know, he gets around that 80 pitch mark. All of a sudden, um, the the command goes on him. He starts walking guys. For me, I think that could be a mental thing. It could be mm. something that he has. You know, he's done enough this year where he he's sitting in that dugout. That fifth, sixth inning is about to come out, and he's like, "Okay, I have to get through this inning. I've got to get through this 85th pitch, get into that 100 pitch mark, or whatever it may be." But it could be just a mental thing. Ariel Miranda is a swing and miss guy, in my opinion. And once he gets through that third, fourth time through the lineup, whether it's a mental block or whatever it may be, he is going to be a top-of-the-rotation type pitcher. The big thing for him, he's pitching in five days. Get on that plane. You cannot get caught up in what you did in that fifth inning. He's a competitive guy. You can see him in between innings. He was shaking his head a little bit after that fifth inning. He didn't want to come out of the game. He wanted to go deep, deeper and deeper. But... Dude, I mean, you just kept the Colorado Rockies who are on fire this year mm-hmm. at bay. And the big one for me in the middle of that lineup, Arenado did nothing that? against Ariel Miranda. So there's so many good things. You know, was he changing speeds? Was he His slider wasn't very good today, I've got to admit. His changeup was good, but he just gets bad swings in the middle of the strike zone. And it's that's a massive plus. He doesn't have to be dotting up to be effective. That's That's a really good thing. 
What are you expecting out of James Paxton coming up tomorrow? I'm I'm way too excited to watch him get back <laughs> on the hill, but I, I you know what short you know shortened pitch count I'm sure uh, there could be some high stress situations later in the game where mm-hmm. they decide to take him out or, or take it easy on him. But you know Shannon Shannon said one thing he threw 97 his last pitch of his of his rehab outing with with James it could go two ways one it could be, it could be you know his command may not be may not be on he could be uh trying to trying to favor you know his arm a little bit if he's worried about getting hurt anything like that i really don't think that's the case i think the biggest thing for james paxton don't let the adrenaline get you know get to you too much try and get into the into those good pitching counts like he has been at 0102 bust in keep doing what you've been doing but don't let the situation don't try and you know make up for missing three or four starts just get out go as hard as you can for as long as you can show that 97 up in the zone he'll be okay yeah whatever happens i mean what a mental lift for the team coming off yeah. now a three-game winning streak the offense churning i mean it feels like you know especially on a day like this where felix throws a little bit iwakuma throws a little bit i mean we, we talked yeah. about the light at the end of the tunnel it, it's it feels a lot better than it did a few days ago that's for sure yeah, it does. And if you're down in that bullpen, you know, probably not so much tomorrow night because he's going to be on a pitch count. But when you've right. got a guy like that, I've been in that bullpen and you can sort of sit back and, and, and understand what your role is going to mm-hmm. be in that game as opposed to having to band-aid it up four or five innings. Plus the offense can doesn't feel like it has to put up a six-run six run lead in the second to support you know, a young pitcher. So it does so many things on so many different levels. But, you know, Gary, I've got way too many notes in front of me here, too much stuff to talk about. But uh, just so many good vibes, good things going mm-hmm. into this 11-game uh, home tri- homestand. Oh, one more thing I want to ask you before you go. Segura now, four more hits in this oh. one, batting 345. I mean, man, he's been so fun to watch on a day-in and day-out basis. He seems really – the kind of guy that's really tough to pitch to. Uh, he is an absolute machine. I mean, what a massive trade going yeah. all the way back into the offseason. Yeah, you give up Taiwan Walker and all the best to him. But when you get Mitch Hanniger and you get you know Gene Segura, and, and it's funny, the D-backs you know, made comments saying that you know, he, he, they didn't expect him to replicate what he did last year. Well, guess what? He's yeah. doing it. He's doing so many good things. He's at bats are ridiculous. He's, his ability to lay off borderline pitches is mm-hmm. amazing. All right, Mariners win 10-4. to Back home, 11-game homestand coming up. James Paxton on the hilt, 7-10 first pitch from Safeco Field. Cannot wait to see you there. 3-0 with a 1-4-3 ERA. Won't be easy. Antonio Senzatella will take the ball for Colorado, 7-1 with a 3-1-9 ERA. He has been very, very good for Colorado. And then day baseball on Thursday, 12-40 first pitch. Gallardo will take the ball. Kyle Freeland, 5-3 with a 3-4-3. One of the other good, very good young arms for Colorado. Shannon Dreyer here at Coors Field where it was a very good day for pitchers on the mend. Mel Stottlemyre Jr. fills us in on the details. Let's start with Hisashi Wakuma. And looks like today he might have found a little something. Yeah, I saw a smile on his face and, and one on, on mine uh, as well. You know, his his bullpen didn't go so well last time. Uh, you know, he was still feeling a little bit in the, the back of the shoulder and just not able to lean on pitches. And uh, I was really skeptical skeptical coming into this one, uh, thinking that there was going to be a big turnaround. And, boy, it, it was really good today. 
his intensity was up. We threw all fastballs. Uh, you know, we're starting to create a little, trying to create a little different move to to, to kind of move his his uh, his shoulders back to buy a little more time for the arm to get up and not let the hips uh, kind of pull him down the slope, so to speak. A lot like we did with Eddie, and uh, he liked he liked the feel of that. You know, he got down a foot strike and wasn't thinking about anything other than going to get the pitch. So that was a great sign. He felt good through, throughout the entire bullpen. And like I said, he had really good life, the command and location. And the main thing is, you know, at the end of that, he felt good. So, and he had a smile on his face. He was really grumpy after the last bullpen. <laughs> I was grumpy too. Uh, you know, it, it's, it, here's, you know, he takes, takes such pride you know, in, in his job and being out and helping this club win, and it, he gets disappointed and down, and we all do uh, when he's not able to go out and do his job. So he didn't feel very good last time, and like I said, just based on how he felt, I was a little skeptical and thinking that he was gonna gonna feel good in this nest bullpen, and uh, it was good. So now we get to move forward and, and do another one, add uh, add some more pitches, add some intensity, throw all his pitches, and then we can talk about hitters. You know, it's interesting because he seems so, he's so mechanical and everything is in the mechanics. And for you to find something there, I think you don't see that very often with that one. I think he's kind of his own guy there usually. Well, he is, and I've kind of let him do his own thing. And, you know, my eyes have always seen a, a little bit of, uh, like, pull down the slope and kind of hurry with the arm and, and all of that. So why I have to respect, uh, you know, his, his thought process and how he's done things for a long time and been good. Uh, I have suggested a few things, and hopefully, uh, in helping, you know what, what we all think might be uh, a more efficient move, and, and protect the shoulder a little bit. So, uh, it got him on top of the ball, and it got him out front, and so he was in a good good place with it. But uh, you're right, the the timing and the mechanics and all that always has to seem to be you know just just perfect for him, and he likes to feel that doesn't seem like he's had it from spring training on so that's a big step no he hasn't and I've been you know we've talked about some things and look when you're battling nobody's you know has known what's gone in inside his mind and what he's really to what extent the pain or anything like that is feeling so it's been hard to focus on trying to do something different and go out and get hitters out and hope that you know, when you get down in a position to go make a pitch that you don't feel anything. So he's had his own little battles there. I think now that uh, we kind of take a little step back and and uh, trying to create something that's going to work for him and hopefully that he feels good. Uh, and we did that today. On the other end of the scale, Felix has been all bluster and bounce, it seems like. Oh, yeah. Felix is ready to go every day, right? <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I tell you what, he was he was good today. 30 pitches, great intensity through everything command was there you know wasn't holding back and at the end which is a great sign he's ready for hitters and uh so it's nice to move forward in his progression and we can you know we can work towards getting him back and to to pitching for us he needs a couple outings and uh you know out out in the farm system and uh, although he's going to tell you he's ready to go so we got to do the right he had enough downtime that we have to do the right thing uh, based on you know the extent of, of the injury or the setback, and knowing what he's gone through, and, and there is some some cautionary steps, precautionary steps we have to take. Lastly, what's a fair expectation for Paxton? For who? Paxton. You know, I, I watched his outing this last time out. 
he went out and threw four and 55, and we sent him down for 10 more pitches, and he was off a little bit, you know, and he kind of, uh, he really worked slowly into the game. He was 92, 93 early, which we know that's not him. Uh, and, and we talked about that, and he was by 97 by the end of the game. So, uh, you know, he, he, he's going to put enough pressure on himself. He's going to, I guarantee you talk to him, and he's going to expect to go out and do what he was doing before he left. So, uh, in my eyes, I want to get him through five good innings, you know, maybe six, and get the pitch count up. And it'll take him a couple starts to get back to where he was. As far as fine-tuning his stuff and being able to make pitches and getting in trouble and, you know, and wiggling his way out and all the things that go along with pitching. Blow us some really good news last night for the Mariners. James Paxton, everything looked good out of the rehab. 0-2 from Paxton. Swing and a miss, and he makes quick work of the leadoff batter, Heineman, with a three-pitch strikeout. Four Ks so far for Paxton. The wind, the 1-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. Got him with the curveball. Inning over. We know how dominant he has been so far this season. What will it mean for the Mariners to get at least one of the starters back? Well, it, it's huge for them, obviously. It's been difficult. They're going to have their 12th different starting pitcher go in today's ball game. Um, but getting Paxton back is huge, I think, for Scott Service. It may take him a start or two to where he's working deep in the game. But those are the days I think Scott can look at to give the bullpen a break, along with having just dominant stuff. Uh, another bit of good news, too, is you look at the Mariners and you got Felix and Iwakuma throwing bullpens. So that's a good sign. Not sure when they're coming back, but at least they're moving in that direction. But I think first and foremost, getting James back, um, again, at, maybe at, not so much in his first outing. He'll probably only go five or six innings, but eventually he'll get to the point to where he can get deeper in a ball game, and that would be a huge lift just for the guys and for Scott Service. How difficult is it for a manager when you have these guys out who generally give you innings? I mean, you look at guys like Felix and Paxton, six, seven, sometimes eight a start. How difficult is it to manage a bullpen when you're not quite sure where you're going to get that game or the game after? Well, it's, it's brutal because the main thing for me is is that it's not just today's game that you're managing, but sometimes you make decisions on today's game depending on what's happening tomorrow. Um, there's been a real luxury here for the last 10 years, having Felix go because you know he's going to give you seven innings. So you can go for it today and just empty your bullpen knowing you have Felix going the next day. That has not been the case. That's what makes it so tough. So for Scott, he has to not only try to manage and win the game today, but the score really makes a difference because he can't empty his guys because he's going to have a game tomorrow. And so if the game is tied or they're down a run, it's still a winnable game, but you can't afford to run your best guys out there unless you have a lead. And that makes it really difficult. And we've heard it a lot already. Scott talking about it, Jerry Depoto talking about resetting the bullpen, resetting the bullpen, a lot of bodies moving in and out of there. It makes it so difficult. So I thought that uh, Paxton going out in last night's game in his rehab, things going well, um, is a huge lift. And, And you know what? I think it's a big lift for the guys too, just their overall morale just to say finally you know we've been waiting through this finally we're going to start getting our guys back i think that can have a real positive effect on them it's gonna be great to see him back thanks blow anytime the set and the one two to gallo swing and a miss and a breaking ball in the dirt for strike three down goes gallo nine strikeouts for the lefty from ladner james paxton and he strikes out the side here in the top of the eighth inning yes indeed paxton with a standing ovation as he walks to the Mariners' first base dugout, and that's it for the Rangers in the eighth. What a night for Paxton. See you later! Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.